This is the Demand Excellence Podcast with Jonathan Guess, head football coach of Eagles Landing Christian Academy on the south side of Atlanta. Coach Guess is the author of the book, Demand Excellence, on and off the field. The goal of the Demand Excellence Podcast is to encourage, equip, and entertain Christian leaders and coaches across the world. Navigate us through these waters, Coach. Um, I think we're going to have to maintain some perspective about what coaches are supposed to be doing and who we really are. To me, this is a big deal uh, from a leadership perspective. You know, we've got to show that America and Americans and our faith, family football motto is really more important than, than the wins and losses, than the workouts we might miss or, or than a lot of the the logistical problems that may arise in the next few months uh, because of what the World Health Organization has declared is a pandemic. So it's obviously pretty bad. And heck, I'm in the dead zone. You know, I'm over 55, so I need to be worried about it. But uh, I really think that we got to maintain perspective and, and, and be sure not to panic and, and start worrying about things that aren't really that important. Yeah, you know, I agree. Um, I know in my lifetime, I don't recall anything kind of shutting everything down ever. Like I know people have mentioned Y2K and, and stuff like that, but, you know, I don't remember it shutting anything down. People going this crazy, like all the games and everything being shut down, all the the leagues and just, just schools, everything. And then I think the most serious thing I was a part of was, and everybody was, was 2001, September 11th. But that really just kind of united everybody. And, uh, and so here we are now. And I think, and, and I'm asking you, because you're 55, I'm 40. Ha- have you been through anything like this where it just has affected everyone in kind of a negative way? No, you know, I don't think we've seen something this big really since World War II. Um, you know, in World War II, and, and then we're going back in history now, um, you know, guys were able to, you know, leave college football and go fight for our country. And then they, they came back and they were given extra eligibility. I know that uh, Army and Navy, there wasn't an Air Force Academy yet. Army and Navy were both given special dispensation to grab any football players they wanted nationwide and build their team because of all the coming and going they had with troops going overseas. So let's hope it doesn't get to that magnitude. But, uh, you know, 9-11 was a, certainly a huge thing for high school football. It happened during football season. Uh, everybody was postponing those games on Friday night. And I think we made ours up on Monday night. I was telling my coaching staff earlier today, I believe, and, and memory fades the older I get, but I think we made it up on a Monday night and lost to a team that I think we didn't really have any business losing to um, because we, our focus was just so far gone uh, after such a big event. So I, I think it's very interesting, and it's definitely uh, shows some changes in America, like the whole distance learning concept uh, for those of us who are in high school now or high school coaching, I, mean, I think it's it's definitely a new era for people in, in my generation. So as a high school football coach, these are like some things that I've been thinking about, you know, as you try to figure out 
your way forward. And and every one of us that's in that's coaching, really, I think even guys in are that are in the NFL, but we we got into coaching to impact the lives of uh, of the youth of of the high school kids or the college kids or whatever. We want to impact the lives of the kids, and I think. And I think that's important because I think a very dangerous thing that could come from all of this is idle time. You know, the Bible says idle time is the devil's playpen. A, a teenager does not need to have all day to do nothing. They will get into trouble. And so I worry about that. And I think as high school football coaches, what we, where we should be um, – proactive is to make sure that we, even if we can't physically be with our players, that each and every day that we are touching them in some way, whether it be texting them or a phone call or, you know, I know your school's probably doing it too, but we're all figuring out how to do this virtually. And, um, but how can I keep my arms wrapped around our football players? And it's not about football. It's about keeping them moving in the right direction as men. There's no doubt, Coach, the, the, the character development piece, and, you know, how does that fit into a distance learning model? And I love what you said. You've got to be able to reach out to them through huddle, you know, through uh, – uh, whatever social media platforms that you use to communicate with your fans and players. And it's just going to be an interesting time. And, and I think that, that maintaining contact is going to be essential. But the, the, my big concern is like yours. Um, my mother beat me over the head with the idle hands or the devil's workshop uh, saying so many times that it's become ingrained in me. And I truly I truly believe that could be an issue for a lot of high school programs. And the flip side of that, I was telling the coaches today, is that we're going to see who the real football players are, who the real athletes, the real competitors, guys that will stay in shape without somebody standing over them in the weight room. And it's that, that to me, is going to be a fascinating um, study of our athletes in each, in each school's program, but, you know, I don't want to be on the losing side of that either. It's going to be interesting. Well, you know, I've been talking to my team about, you know, in Urban Meyer's book, I mean, I'm sure he didn't come up with it, but he, he talks about the 10-80-10 rule or principle where, you know, bottom line is you can use it for character or you can use it for kids that are going to work out. But I've been telling my kids in the weight room, I'm going to put the workout up here. Now, I stand over them. I make sure that they do it. But I can't count every rep of 25 kids. I, 10% of you are going to do every single rep that I, that I have put up on this board. 10% of you are going to do it. It's just who you are. And then you get into the 80%. 80% of you are followers. So if I have a strong 10% who are going to do right, my followers are going to do right. However, I said there's 10% of you who aren't going to do it. You're going to cheat. It's just who you are. And if I have, <laughs> if I have more of those 10%, the bottom 10% is what we call them, then my 80 percenters are going to be more inclined to cheat. And so now what's really going to, this is my challenge. This is kind of what I'm thinking through uh, today and what I want to try to start implementing on Monday is how can I reach out to my top 10% 
Maybe it's 20%. It's just depending on where your program is and, and the type of kids you have in your program. And how can I create a situation, a virtual accountability uh, situation or program where my top 20 percenters are still able to have influence over my, um, my middle people. Now, my bottom 10 percenters, they're out of the equation because they're not going to do anything anyways, and they can't negatively impact us anymore. But how can I create a virtual learning environment where my top 20% of my kids can, can even grow stronger as a leader and impact those other guys to work? I love that concept. You know, I spent yesterday trying to develop uh, classes and workouts, bodyweight workouts, for my weight training classes to put on Google Classroom, you know, and, and a running workout for a couple of days a week and speed and agility training. Well, I can put all the input, all that stuff, but the trick is going to be what you just said. How do we get them accountable? And, and you know, there've got to be some good ways uh, via software, via the internet that we can all stay in touch and get those team leaders to get on their teammates about working out. But it is funny that you brought that up. We looked at it today in a faculty meeting about uh, accountability for kids in weight training classes. How do you, you know, how do you journal them? Do they, do they is there an online log that we can do? Um, but we're going to have to find ways to encourage and reward and, and get kids to continue to do some form of workout so that they stay in shape along with their other school work, you know, which is now moved into a distance learning thing. And hopefully in two weeks, we're here in the state of Georgia in two weeks, this blows over and it's no longer a problem. But to me, it looks like it's going to be a little bit longer than that. And I, and I do think that in Georgia, I think our spring football is probably in jeopardy as uh, our baseball season, lacrosse season and track season. You know, it's a, it's a big concern to all of us in the coaching profession right now. Yeah, and, you know, let's kind of get into that a little bit. You know, kind of with what's going on, you know, there's a lot of pointing the finger here, pointing the finger there, and everybody's blaming everybody. But really, honestly, nobody has a clue what to do. We can look at the president and blame the president. You know, we can blame China. Nobody knows what to do because really nobody, you know, think about it. We're a global economy now. 50 years ago, we weren't a global economy. And, and now what happens in, you know, a, you know, 1300 miles away now impacts us instantly. And so nobody, this is the first time this has ever happened and nobody really knows the way forward and the steps ahead. And, and, and so, it's like, what more can we do than just try to pray for our leadership and implement whatever they tell us to do the best that we possibly can? Because I don't think anybody has a clue what to do. And that's not knocking leadership. It's just this is the first time we've had something like this. It's a brand new viral outbreak as far as America goes. You know, and, and the bubonic plague, you know, which killed 25 million people, maybe, in Europe. No one's really certain. Um, there, there wasn't that ability to communicate and share information. We're in a brand new era. 
Now, the major news outlets, they spend all their time blamestorming. They point fingers at one political party or the other or the president. You know, it's somebody, it's got to be somebody's fault. But at the end of the day, as Americans, as citizens of the greatest country on the planet right now, we have to put all that behind us and pull together to stop, to stop an epidemic, to help people around us, and to all pull together. And, and I'm not sure we've done that as a nation really since World War II. It's going to be interesting to me. I think 9-11 really did pull Americans together, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw that one in there too. But, you know, in World War II, we had rationing. Uh, we had limited travel. All these things that you're seeing now uh, – People had to do, and they had to buy in to help win a great war. So, it's it's it is a it is a bold new environment for us in the teaching profession and in the coaching coaching world, just trying to deal with all these new problems. Yeah, and you know, you know, I can tell you're a history teacher because you know all this stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was sitting there thinking today, or just been thinking about it, right? You know, like how fortunate, you know, that, that we are, that we haven't had any, in, in America, we haven't had any major conflict, any major diseases, any, any just catastrophic type things. But I was thinking about people that lived a thousand years ago or 2000 years ago. You just had to hope you didn't get sick because there were no remedies, and, you know, I've been reading through the Old Testament and, and you read about where the, the people would get leprosy. And the first reaction was to get them outside of the camp, get them outside of, uh, of where everybody was. And then you had to go into their house, wash it down and had all these rules and regulations on how you had to wash it. And I really never understood all of that until now, because we're doing the same thing. We're taking people, we're removing them, we're isolating them, we're cleaning the areas where they came from, and, and then we're putting their whole their whole house in quarantine. And it's like we have experienced such a so little conflict in our lives. And now this is the kind of the first big thing besides World War II, but we didn't live through World War II. No, all we can do is like, you know, watch TV shows and read books about it, but if you look at that Old Testament uh, treatment, God's chosen people, the Israelites, he gave them rules to live by, very strict rules, you know, about about eating and staying clean and all kinds of things that as modern Christians, a lot of times we look at it and go, man, what is that about? Or, you know, why can't you eat catfish or, you know, whatever the case may be. And And now in light of stuff like this, it, it, you can see that that disciplined lifestyle is a requirement of the followers of God. And this is, you know, isn't this has to be an example. It's a, it's a chance for us to get out there to help our neighbors to, you know, follow rules, rendering unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and, and actually be good citizens of the world rather than just a bunch of uh, takers. And we have to be really careful you know, because our lifestyle is so good here in America that we don't, you know, lose perspective on what's going around worldwide. And I just, I, you know, I, I hope my, my prayers are for America and for every, you know, everybody's family and friends that they stay safe and healthy. But obviously, 
you know, this is a very, very big problem. Coach, you, you talked about the takers. So, like, I don't understand, and you maybe can help me, um, I don't understand the rush uh, for toilet paper and bottled water. Those two necessities, you know, because I have tap water at my house, you know, and people live thousands of years without toilet paper. What is rush? <laughs> like, to me, if everybody was going to the store and trying to buy all the peanut butter crackers, that would make sense to me. But I don't get the bottled water and I don't get the toilet paper. Help me make sense out of that. Uh, you know, I, Coach Kess, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay low on the toilet paper commentary, but I, I but I do think that it, it goes back to to my concept of takers, people that are just that just want for themselves, and they want to take what life has to offer and and not offer up help to their to their fellow Americans and their neighbors. You know, we've got people. Our players are out in the community, in their neighborhood, and there are older people that are probably going to need help during this time. And that's the thing that I think we can focus on. I got a chance to uh, follow Tennessee Tech University. Uh, their, their community, Putnam County, Tennessee, was hammered by the tornadoes. And their coaching staff had that whole team out there helping out. And I think that as this goes on, if it doesn't blow over in two weeks or three weeks, that there are going to be opportunities for us to get out there and serve that are bigger and more important than bench presses and 40-yard dashes. Um, I think, you know, that servant leadership uh, that we all talk about in, in our football programs is going to be put to the test. Yeah, and coach, some things that you know, I was thinking about. Well, first of all, you know, we we're talking about character development. How can we continue our character education uh, through online learning? We talked about that earlier, but it's like you said, you know, we, we teach, we preach to our kids to serve, we preach to our kids to love each other, and, and now, really, what we're doing though through the game of football is teaching them how to be men later on in life. This is how you are to be. You're to serve people. You're to love your neighbor. And so now, just like the Tennessee Tech players had an opportunity to, now maybe there's an opportunity for us to actually genuinely serve and love our neighbor, not just do it just because, but do it because they actually need it. And then, you know, the other thing that football coaches love to say, you know, going to coaching clinics, I've, I guess don't flinch is the new word. Um, but Pete, I hear it a lot, like don't flinch, like, which I, you know, I don't really get all that. But like, but now is an opportunity, like don't flinch, stay steadfast. I always like to use the word steadfast, stay steadfast in your faith, trusting in God. Now you truly can see if you're not going to flinch because we kind of use it in a silly uh, football perspective, like, hey, I'm not going to flinch in adversity. It's fourth and one, don't flinch. But, but truly, it's just a game. Now we truly can, can exude a don't flinch mentality in the midst of a world that's going in chaos right now. I really think we have to, to walk the walk. You know, it's, it's, you and I talk about this all the time. It's easy to talk the talk, to say, hey, I, I want to be a Christian coach, but then you mess up, you stumble, you fall. But now we have opportunities right now 
get out there with our team or at least influence that team to help others out, to really, you know, walk that walk and to do some things that are good. And it, 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 we're at a point right now where it goes beyond, you know, uh, forwarding a meme or, or, or tweeting out a Bible verse that, you know, you've got to get your hands a little dirty and help out. And I was, one of my coaches was telling me about uh, two high school girls in his neighborhood who were helping some of the older people in the neighborhood go shopping for bottled water and toilet paper and, you know, I guess, you know, crates of sardines or something that they can they can live on uh, because some people can't get out and stand in line for two hours at the Kroger. So there are going to be opportunities to serve. Uh, we've got to do a good job of teaching our players to be available to family members, to neighbors, to friends, and to each other. And... Um, I think, you know, we're, this, is, this is all the, the values that we talk about teaching really being put to the test. And, and my team might have been three and seven a year ago, and, and your team might have been 14 and one, but we were still trying to teach our players to be men and to be men who serve God and serve each other. So this is really going to put us to the test, I think, going forward, at least for, you know, a few days or weeks. Hopefully it blows on over, and, and by, by taking all these precautions, uh, we're able to avoid uh, widespread sickness. Absolutely. Well, Coach Dudley, it was uh, a pleasure talking with you, and um, I think we need to do this again, like, maybe next week if you figure out a way to uh, virtually teach character and hold people accountable in serving um, maybe it's just find one one guy um, or, or one woman that's elderly how, how can I help you um, in this chaos right now and, um, and and you know just pray that God would open up doors for us to serve but um, I'd love to pray with you as we end let's do Lord, we're coming for you today. I just want to praise and thank you uh, for loving us, Lord. And we praise and thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for our sins. Uh, Lord, uh, when, when sin came into the world, when Adam and Eve uh, broke your, your rule and your law, sin came into the world. And with sin came sickness and death. And Lord, that's what we're up against right now. And Lord, I pray for um, Coach Dudley and thank you for him and his wisdom and uh, Lord and, and how we can challenge each other to uh, take everything that we use. We say that we use the game of football to teach uh, and how we can practically apply that right now. I pray that you would just give us wisdom. We pray that you would give our leadership in this world wisdom and discernment. And Lord, that you would just lead and guide us in the way forward. We love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you Jesus, the name above every other Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever 
Yeah. 